0: The COVID-19 pandemic has changed life for all of us. But even before this, we were already fighting an epidemic, the battle against chronic disease. And those with chronic diseases are at highest risk of contracting severe coronavirus infections. So how do we protect ourselves during these uncertain times? But more importantly, how do we view health? Welcome to the Glass Half Healthy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jonar a board-certified physician in internal medicine and lifestyle medicine. In this podcast, I want to address the current crisis of chronic disease and to challenge conventional attitudes towards health. We'll be exploring these issues with thought-provoking guests to help redefine what health should mean for all of us. I hope to inspire you to take action towards a happier, thriving life because good health comes to those who expect it what is up everyone i am your host dr jonar and this is my podcast the glass half healthy i want to say a special hello to all our loyal fans and for our first time listeners welcome to the pod this is the 19th episode since our start back on july 27th of this year and now we're on our last episode of the year and what a year 2020 has been in the midst of all of this working the hospital caring for patients with coronavirus I launched this podcast as a way to get people to take their health more seriously during this pandemic. My goal has been and continues to be to challenge the conventional attitude toward health. And so I've had my guests, experts in their respective fields to help ignite discussion in the areas of nutrition, sleep, stress management, movement, risky behaviors, and healthy relationships to inspire people to lead happier and healthier lives. In the process, it's been such a special way to connect with people virtually, with both my guests and my listeners. It's been a real blessing during this pandemic that we can still form strong bonds with one another and stay connected despite physically distancing. Personally and professionally, it's provided an added boost of joy during an otherwise very difficult year, that this platform is actually having a positive effect on people and that we can all get through this together. So I hope to continue on through the future and to round out this amazing podcast journey for 2020 is my man, Anthony Macielo back on the pod for the last episode of this year. But before that, a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Glass Half Healthy is brought to you by Watermelons, a standard serving of two cups containing one third of your daily vitamins A and C, a healthy dose of potassium, and last but not least, lycopene, a powerful antioxidant that has been shown to lower the risk of certain cancers like prostate cancer. Watermelons, they've got the juice. Get them wherever fresh produce is sold. Okay, back to the pod. Today is episode 19 entitled Weigh the Process More Than the Scale with Anthony Masiello back on the show. As you may remember him from episode 17, if you haven't, please go back and take a listen to that one. It's very inspiring. But Anthony is a nationally board certified health and wellness coach and co-founder of Plant-Based Telehealth, which is a national telemedicine service focused on the prevention and reversal of chronic disease, utilizing the approaches of lifestyle medicine. But his work in healthcare first started with working on his own health. His incredible health journey losing over 160 pounds and successfully keeping it off since 2005 through plant-based nutrition is one of the most amazing personal transformations that I've heard. With the ever-continued rising numbers of COVID cases after Thanksgiving, but with some light at the end of the tunnel with this vaccine, and in preparation for your New Year's health goals, This discussion really comes at no better time to talk with Anthony on his health coaching perspective on overcoming obstacles of weight loss and the keys to long-term success. So let's welcome him back on the pod with Anthony Macielo okay thanks for coming back on the show anthony this is your third time here so you are in the lead (laughs) for most guest appearances so good job to you
1: (laughs) oh that's amazing thank you for having me back and i must enjoy being here or else i wouldn't be back so many times (laughs) (laughs)
0: likewise (laughs) i wouldn't allow you to be back if i didn't enjoy talking (laughs) to you too (laughs) so you know i just love talking to you i think your story is amazing and you know if you guys haven't listened to his story or if you have, remember back from his last episode on his health journey and with weight loss, you know, over 150 pounds, which is incredible that happened, you know, back in the mid 2000s and we're in 2020 and, you know, he's still keeping it off, doing doing great things now with his own startup with Dr. Lori Marvis at the plant-based telehealth, first national lifestyle telemedicine service provided across the country and you know, potentially the world. So, Anthony, thank, thank you for coming back on the show. Yeah, you're very welcome and thank you. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, of course, of course. So, you know, before this telehealth service, you, you ended up becoming a health coach. So, mm-hmm. if you can tell our listeners you know, why you went into that and you know, why it's important for you.
1: Yeah, so the, the short answer is, in reclaiming my own health, I felt so good and it affected my life in so many different ways that I really wanted to do anything and everything I could to help others experience the same. In the beginning for me, that was sharing my story. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: then as people saw what I did and wanted to kind of emulate that for themselves, you know, they wanted a similar type of transformation. They started asking questions. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: I would answer, you know, I would answer questions and you know, it was answering all from my perspective. And Mm -hmm. then some people kept calling more often, you know, or they would call or they would write more often. And and I was always happy to help everyone that I, anyone that I could with any questions that they had. But I started to feel like, well, you know, maybe I can do more, you know, maybe I could be more proactive. But if you remember, I think we touched on it in the, in our last discussion, I was working in a full-time job, you know, I have a busy family at the time. So I didn't have a lot of extra time to do that. But when I decided to change my career I thought that I would start formally coaching people. And I didn't know exactly what that meant other than I was going to continue helping people. Mm -hmm. But then I learned about this spinoff from the National Board of Medical Examiners. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: and as you know, that's the licensing body that accredits physicians and nurses and other health, all types of healthcare professionals, the National Board of Medical Examiners. They actually came out with a Board certification for health coaches. And I was kind of fascinated by that because to me, that kind of legitimized it. Like mm-hmm. now, this is not something that people are just doing kind of on the side. I mean, this is the National Board of Medical Examiners. And essentially, what they're saying is that physicians need partners in healthcare. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I feel like that's what I've been trying to position myself as a partner in healthcare, someone who can help people with the day to day decisions that they need to make and also with kind of getting focused and getting their mind working in a way that's going to support lasting lifestyle change. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm helping people with how to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Where the physician is telling people what to do and me as the health coach, I can help people to get inside their own mind and extract ways how to do it. So I learned about this coaching program. I also was excited about this one because if hospitals and insurance companies ever start reimbursing or hiring health coaches, like they're certainly going to want the, their health coaches to be accredited by the same body who's, who's um, accrediting their other healthcare professionals. Right. right. So, so I was excited by that. So then I started backwards. I said, well, what do I have to do to earn this uh, certification? We have to take an exam in order to be eligible for the exam. You have to go through a program. Then you have to do a practical skills assessment and you have to document 50 coaching sessions, you have to have one transcribed to make sure you're doing it you know, properly before you can start logging those. So there's a, there was a whole criteria, it ended up taking me a year. And mm-hmm. the whole, when I started, so I did all this backwards analysis, I figured out what I did and I designed a path forward. And, and I told, real quick,
0: was, yeah. was the program online or did you have to go in person to do it too? Like how did that work out? So
1: it's either way, there were a number of accredited programs that would make you eligible to apply for the exam. And some of them were oh, in person. I, I mean, some of them were as big as like, you know, Duke has a, a health coaching program, Duke University, mm-hmm. and it's an in-person program. I um, see. There are others that are purely online. And there are some, I actually chose one that was blended. I went away for a week and I did an intensive, I actually we had to do pre-work before that week. We had to take some online courses three or four, maybe it was six hours of online courses before we went. Then I went away for a full week and we did in-person intensive for a week. And then I came back and I think we did another, we did another 20 hours spread out over 20 weeks to 40 hours over 20 weeks. Anyway, so my my program was blended and it was fantastic. and And I chose the program because it was based in positive psychology. And I really liked the program being based in positive psychology for two reasons. I prefer to take a positive perspective on, on everything that happens. Sure, So right, like, that's right. in line.
0: It's like the built into thing, your system. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so that was just more comfortable for me and nicer for me. The other thing is it's really based in helping people to use their strengths in other areas of life and helping them to apply it to their goals related to health and wellness. And mm-hmm. I think what, you know, that's going to be more fun for everyone. Right. Rather than focusing on weaknesses all the time and focusing on problems all the time, like let's find your strengths and let's boost those strengths and let's broaden those strengths. So the things that make people successful in their family life, the things that make people successful in their, you know, in their careers can also make people successful in their health and well-being. So I, that's, that's how I selected my program. Yeah, and, and I went through the process. And I thought I was doing it all as a formality. Because, uh, you know, I already thought that I knew everything I needed to know to in order to help people be successful, because I had had a taste of success in helping people, you know, before I went through the coaching program, but I learned so much. It was really an incredible experience for me. And, uh, you know, and uh, I'm so glad that I did it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, from like my own perspective, I'm glad you did it, too, because I feel like, you know, you've gone through it yourself. And, you know, you're... You just seem like a very genuine, caring person. So having other people look to you for guidance on, you know, reaching their own health goals, I think is super important to have someone that can understand, but that has also been through it themselves, you know? Yeah. So,
1: and also I take a great deal of responsibility when someone asks me to help them, you know, I don't take that lightly and I want to make sure sure I'm doing that as effectively as possible, not for me, but for them. Right, right. So, so going through this process of, of this formal learning program, and now I, you know, I sat for the exam, and I mean, they literally frisked me. They check your cuffs and pockets and everything. Oh, you geez. The exam room. You know, it's one of those tests. Right, like, right. Like four hours, you're in a room with nothing but one dry erase sheet and one dry erase <laughs> marker. Like they take away <laughs> everything else. It go all goes <laughs> along. But um, you know, so so I passed, and it gave me some confidence. You know, in knowing yeah. that now now I have the tools that I can use to really be very effective at helping people. So I've been applying that ever since. I mentioned before that I have a pretty small private coaching practice where I just try to maintain between five and eight clients. I really don't want to go over eight because I want to really give detailed attention. And I would like to keep five going because it really keeps me very active. I mean, many of the things that we're going to talk about, you know, I, I, it keeps me up to date on what people are, what are the challenges people are facing. What are the are right. struggling with? You know, and then that really helps me in all areas of helping others because now I can better understand what people go through and what kind of solutions work in, in different situations and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really so, a rewarding experience.
0: Yeah, it, definitely rewarding experience helping people through those those issues. And, you know, among the many people you have helped as a health coach, you know, what what are some of those, you know, common challenges or obstacles that to start out with, you know, people seeing you for the first time?
1: Yeah. So, you know, of course it's different, but some of the common things I see is people fall in love with the idea of results. And what I try mm-hmm. to help them do is fall in love with the process of working towards their results. Because if they learn to love the process, then their, their sense of accomplishment and their satisfaction is not tied to something like the scale if somebody's trying to lose weight, that will affect their emotions left. They're tied more to the accomplishment of having gone through a day and doing whatever they've decided to do for themselves. So people say, look, I want to lose X number of pounds. Mm -hmm. or You know, they they don't really know, you know, sometimes it doesn't get more deep than that. So I have to help them to dig down to really truly understand what's motivating them to want this change. And why do they want to You know, I mean, we just go back and forth with why, 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 you know, we, we really, you know, so-called peel back the layers of that onion to try to get to the core reason that they want some change and then help to imagine what would a person who, who had what they want, what would they do and how would they apply that and, and how would they live their daily life in a way that was working them towards achieving that goal. But then, you know, so after we do that exploration, then I really need people to make a decision. And mm-hmm. I need them to make a committed decision that they're ready and that they're going to change. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people skip that step and it makes it so difficult for them. It's like you mm-hmm. know, when we, when we buy a house, we know that we're going to make the mortgage payment every month.
2: Right. right. We just right. know that.
1: And no matter what it takes, that's going to happen, right? We have to, right? Or else we're going right. to lose the house. And it's more clear because there are contracts involved there are finances involved or whatever. You know, it's the same thing when we take a job, like when you interview for a position and you, and you take a job and you, you are committed to showing up to work every day, you know, no matter what. I mean, things right. will happen. Someone might get sick once in a while. You might miss a, miss a day of work. But, but other than that, you have responsibility to be there. But it baffles me that when people commit to getting healthier, changing their lifestyle, that it's a different level of commitment. People want to know how am I going to make this easy for me? You know, well, yeah, you know, we we don't figure out how it's going to make it easy for you to get to work, right? You just do it. Right, right. right. Or people are like, how's it going to be more convenient? And how's it going to, you know, taste the same way? And how am I going to have what I want, but not give up all the things I don't want and stuff like that. So, So there's another process of going through and really developing a level of commitment. And I just call it making a decision. Like you have to make a real committed decision.
0: I like that. I like those processes. I mean, I think it touches on a lot of the problems on why people can't achieve some of their health goals because so, you know, I see it all the time with family and friends, you know, especially over the past couple of years, like, you know, You know, the new year starts out okay. I'm going on this diet, and I'm going to lose this and this weight. But and then they just end up going back to the way they've been eating two months later, and then the cycle repeats itself. Like we get into these conversations, and it's it's just like a a vicious cycle. And I think part of it is what you touched on. You really have to get to the bottom of why you want to do it in the first place, because something like losing you know x amount of pounds. Yeah, I mean, it could be motivating for some people, for, but for most people, they'll give up because, you know, that's not something that is, you know, deep down inside rewarding, right? Yeah, and so exactly. getting to those reasons on why you want to get healthier is, is super important. The other thing, like you mentioned with the decision making, that's huge too, because, you know, part of it too is like people just want an easy way to get from point A to point B. They right. do that with everything in life right but some things aren't like that you you need right. to go through the process it's not easy like yeah. you know doing what you're doing as a coach is not easy you had to go through right. this whole process to become a coach if you really want something in life you have to make the sacrifices to do it so right. they have to be committed so i like that approach that you you know you pose to your potential clients
1: yeah and um, exactly and that's when we learn and grow is when right. things are challenging and when things 100%. are difficult and when we do have to work through issues. And, right? you know, we, we all get get pulled into this. But um when when I say we all, everyone who wants to help people gets pulled into figuring out how to make it as easy as possible for people. Right. But I don't right. believe we're doing people a service by just making it easy. I mean, I can I could prepare food for everyone. I could tell people where to go to eat and what to order, and I can tell people you know, I, I can give them recipes and, and, you know, tell them how to cook. And I, you know, I can do all of these things, but it's much more valuable if I help people learn how to find recipes and I help right. people learn how to navigate the menus on their own and make their decisions and let them make mistakes and then let them succeed and let right. them go through this process. And then, then you could drop them anywhere in the world and they'll be able to figure it out, you know, so, right, so that's, right. where, that's where it goes. With everything I do, you know, personally, professionally with my family, you know, it's always about long-term. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we enjoy ourselves. We do the things that we need to do right now, but it's always, you know, it's always kept in mind when I'm working with someone, like, how are you going to be able to do this forever? And that's where people get confused because in the beginning, people are highly motivated, as you mentioned, but either because they're excited about what they're going to do for themselves or because they're afraid. Like there's fear and, and, there's um people can be motivated by wanting something good or by fearing something bad. Right. 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 And sometimes that's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, you getting in shape for, you know, or whatever, a wedding or for swimsuit season (laughs) or or whatever. And And, um, Sometimes that's about, you know, getting some test results from a doctor that are not promising or, or learning of a health scare or catching a glimpse of themselves on video or in a mirror and, and seeing something mm-hmm. they're not have, happy about. And, but either way, it's what we do with that motivation and how we kind of build processes and systems that work for an individual that carry them the long term. And mm-hmm. then the key is to do that with discipline and commitment for some period of time until it becomes habits.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
1: We have to basically establish healthy habits, and then that's when it becomes easy street. You know, that right. that's when that's when people can can sustain for the long term. Because now all of a sudden, cookies and cakes, and donuts, and bagels, and you know, these things are no longer even temptations because they're already off the plate. Like, they're right. You know, we walk into a movie theater, we're not drawn to go get popcorn and a you know, in a forty ounce uh, soda, you know? right. Because we haven't done that in so long that we even don't even you know, forget what that's like. We can sit there in a movie without eating or drinking anything for two hours. Like imagine that, <laughs> you, you know? But, yeah, but we learn how to do those things with perfect satisfaction. And then that's when it becomes easy. But, but it's, a, it's a process to get there. And right. for myself personally, I look back and reflect on my own journey and I realize how lucky I was. And one of the things that I was lucky is that I had 160 pounds to lose because it took me almost two years. And by the time I was done, I had no more bad habits, you know, but someone who has, you know, let's say somebody who has 20 or 30 pounds to lose, right. It's just as difficult to switch the routines and to make the change, but they only probably have to do that for maybe a couple or three months. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they're at their goal weight and then they, they may be ready to celebrate their, their new selves but right. they haven't yet reprogrammed all of their decision-making and they haven't established new habits. So right. it's important for everyone to really stay disciplined for a year or two year period of time so that you can replace all that stuff. And then it becomes, then it becomes easy, easy
0: right. to long-term. So, yeah, I mean, I guess through the process, that, that's what I was going to ask you. Like what, what do you think is like the one hardest thing for people to get there? Like with yeah. whatever it is for their health goals. But like, you know, we're talking about weight loss. Like what is that one thing to get over the hump?
1: Yeah. There's no one thing. There's a whole, bunch okay. of okay, sure. but what, one very important well, what you, thing is yeah. to be, people need to be fair with themselves. Okay, and They need to be realistic in their, in their expectations and what they're trying to do. I mean, everyone, I do end up working with a lot of people who need to lose a lot of weight. And when I say a, a lot, lot of weight, you know, a hundred plus pounds is a lot of mm-hmm. weight and, and they want it now and they want it fast and they want to go in and they want to rush and you know unfortunately i have to tell these people like to let it take time you know it, it has to take time it took a right. really long time to gain an extra 100 plus pounds and it's right. going to take some time to lose that weight and that's okay and it's good you know and then the process has to be fair also you know, I have mm-hmm. this analogy that I use with people. And actually, I don't really like it, but, but, it's, it's a, but I feel like it's a good visual. Like, but let's say when people, when I go to someone's house and they have a pet dog, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say I'm go, they invite me over for dinner and we sit down at the table. Like, you know, within one minute, if that family feeds the dog from the table, right? Because if they mm-hmm. do, the dog is there like sniffing around and bothering everyone and wait, you know, trying to get someone to give them some food from the table. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you go to their, if someone's house and they have a dog and they don't feed the dog from the table, then the dog is off doing its own thing while we're sitting there having dinner. Right. The dog mm-hmm. doesn't pay any attention to us. In both cases, the dog is doing exactly what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Right. What it, what it has essentially trained itself to do or what the family has trained the dog to do. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, Now, if they feed the dog from the table sometimes, but then they don't want the dog to eat from the table other times, then there's conflict all the time because you have to say, oh, no, not now. Go away from the table. Go leave us alone, right? The Mm -hmm. the family might be telling the dog, right? Or the next time it's like, oh, here, have some, right? But that's not fair to the animal, right? Right. Because the animal has no idea. Is this the time? Is that the time? And we do the exact same things to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like when we treat ourselves, Oh, Oh, it's my son's birthday. I'm just going to have a piece of cake because it's his birthday. Oh, it's a work anniversary or, Oh, it's my wedding anniversary. You know, it's like, you know, or, or, Oh, you know, I have friends in town. I'm just going to do this or I'm going to visit this person. They don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not going to tell them anything like, right. So we put our minds in this state and we go back and forth between we're either on plan we're off plan. We're, you know, we're, you know, we, we've made these committed decisions for ourselves. Oh, but we'll flex them when we feel like it. And the brain doesn't know, like never gets to build a, a steady routine. It gets teased mm-hmm. all the time. Right. And that's, that's not fair. You mm-hmm. know, it's not fair to ourselves to do that. So I would rather see someone commit to, you know, a healthy breakfast every day and stick with that and eat whatever you want for lunch and dinner, you know, wh- mm-hmm. when they're starting off. And then, okay, now let's get, you know, let's get weekday lunches figured out. Right. And then let's add dinners, but like, let's make changes that you can stick with for a long time rather than someone say, I'm all in. And then they're all in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then by Thursday, you know, something happens and then they're off plan. And then by Saturday, they're all back in, you know, it's like this kind of back and forth effect that I don't think is very, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's effective and it, and it creates a lot of stress for
0: people. Right. It's almost like a microcosm of the bigger problem of, oh yeah, let me go on a diet, but two months later, relapse, right? And then go right. and it's just like this vicious yo-yo cycle. Exactly. So well, you know, I think you brought up some key points about what people can do on a daily basis to get to that point where, you know, these things that they do are habits. Yes. Right. That they're consistent about stuff. But, you know, how about for people who who do try to make it, you know, a daily process for sticking to healthy eating but they end up relapsing or you know having cravings like what do you usually tell those people when they they're confronted with oh you know you brought up the movie example going to a movie and like they see the popcorn or they see the candy like in right. those moments what do you usually tell people like what are the skills that people could use to kind of self-coach themselves through, yeah. through these times
1: so first of all is to give up the idea of failure because mm. When people say, when people, let's say someone does go to the movies and they order popcorn and a soda and a candy bar and they go sit down, they eat the whole thing, right? And then they come out of the movies. If they allow themselves to feel some sense of failure, then they're kind of off their program and who knows what they're going to do next. (laughs) Uh, Many times what (laughs) they do is they say, oh, well, I screwed that up. I'm going to do whatever I want for the rest of the day and I'm going to restart tomorrow. You know, right, or, or like, and that's the, it. Doesn't work
0: that way. You know, I I laugh because I've been in that position many of, of times. Of course, before. yeah. You know, you you have a slip up, and you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm eating the pizza. I'm eating the ice cream. I'm eating everything in the cupboard, all the junk food. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know exactly like, what, you did I, yeah. what did I just do? So giving up the idea of failure that is key. One of the keys, I would say. Yeah, Yeah,
1: because now when you come out of the movies, it's like, okay, that was a blip. And it's like the difference in, you know, driving down the road and hitting a speed bump or the difference in driving down the road and hitting like an exit ramp,
2: right? Right.
1: Like, are you leaving the program or are you just slowing down a little bit? Because as we know, the things that we do occasionally have very little impact on our lives, positively Mm -hmm. or negatively so if mm-hmm. some if someone was eating you know or someone was on their I, I say eating well we'll just stick with that if someone's eating well for a month and they went to the movies and they ordered popcorn and a soda and a and a candy bar and they left and they went right back to their healthy routine, they won't notice in any way you know they may mm-hmm. have a little bit of an upset stomach for a little while you know because they're not used to the the grease or the sugar, they might feel a little bit you know. Extra energy or anxious from the, you know, a little hyperactive or something like that, but it's not going to majorly distract them from their goals. It's the things that we do regularly over time and consistently that determine our outcomes. So whether we're, Mm -hmm. whether we stay healthy or whether we're unhealthy or not. Yeah. So, so that's one is don't let yourself feel those feelings of failure. You're never off plan. You, you may hit bumps along the road. You, I will, I'll go so far as to say you will hit bumps along the road. Yeah. And that's a normal part of the process. Right. And it doesn't matter. But the right. idea is to, you know, to to still stay on track.
0: Right, right. And so, I guess, you know, with that being said, I think as a lifestyle medicine practitioner myself, you know, you work with Dr. Marvis yeah. at your tallest startup, Dr. Clapper recently, right? So yes. and, Dr. From, yeah. and, oh, and Dr. Miller, yeah. Oh, and Dr. Miller. Sorry, I forgot to mention yeah, her. Fine. I've never met her yet, but I, I would like fantastic. to at some point. Yeah. So, you know, from a lifestyle standpoint, whether we're talking about nutrition or exercise, how much would you say diet and or exercise plays a role in all of this? Because, you know, I feel like you can go online and you can see all these different things that people say. And yeah, it it may be a combo of some stuff, but people might focus on one or the other. Like, what do you have to say with regards to the role that diet and exercise play in all of this?
1: Yeah. So for me personally, I attribute my results to 90% what I was eating and maybe 10% my activity level.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you remember from my story, I didn't start doing any exercise at all until after I lost my first 100 pounds.
0: Yeah. I remember right. that. It was, so, which was almost like a, what, a, almost a year? How it was long? a year. It was almost a year, right? a
1: year. Yeah. So that's from my personal experience. And then what I'm seeing is, and what logic is telling us, is that people have opportunities to eat you know all throughout the day i mean when people are actually disciplined they might be eating three times a day you know when people are also snacking and celebrating and entertaining themselves with food they could be eating you know five and six and seven times a day and Mm -hmm. in those cases everything that we put into our mouths matters you know so i think it's mostly that and also it's also it's the easiest to slip up you know it's hard to burn you know, five hundred calories exercising, right? I mean, mo- most of us, whatever we're doing, that's going to take us an hour, right? right? Of, of of moderate intense to intense exercise, right. right? And it's very, very easy to accidentally eat an extra five hundred calories of food, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's two sodas or whether that's you know a, a good sized slice of um, of cake or dessert or something, or that's you know, an extra bagel with cream cheese in the, in the break room at work because they just happen to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's very easy to consume excess calories and it's very difficult to burn off a large number of calories. The other thing is when people start exercising, they feel hungry. You actually will feel hungry. And if you don't have your habits figured out and you start making yourself feel hungry, then you're going to be in a more challenging situation because you're going to have these feelings of hunger and that eating something is an emergency, which is really not, but that, but you get those feelings
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you won't know exactly what to do. And then the other thing is psychologically, it creates a sense of entitlement. And mm-hmm. I feel like we're, we're battling that in all areas. Uh, you know, As human beings on, on earth, especially in the United right. States, we feel entitled. We want everything quick and fast. And if we exercise, then we deserve something for that exercise, right? Right. And, and then, when you walk past the tray of cookies at three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, in the break area that someone very generously put out for, to share with everyone, it's like, whoa, well, you know, I ran this morning. I worked out this morning. I did an <laughs> exercise class this morning. I can have a cookie, you know? We, yeah. So it creates so many challenges that I actually prefer people not to start by adding exercise. If someone's already active, I would never tell them to stop, I would never tell someone to slow down. Right.
0: But you don't add it on. But, at, but, we, to begin but with. that's
1: not the first routine to work on. Like first, let's get some um, some healthy eating habits in place. Let's get some motivation coming in the form of of getting results, and then let's figure out what to add on. Once you get some routines that are really working to, uh, working them towards what they want.
0: I see. Yeah. That I mean, those are all important aspects. And so, I think for the listener and just general public, you know it's really confusing at times about what to eat with all the information that's out there on dieting. Right. Yeah. You know, back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, there was this, you know, craze about, Oh, we shouldn't eat fat. And right. then now it's like, don't eat carbs. Right. That's right. what we see a lot of times with all these fad diets that are out there. So what's someone to make of all of this? And you know, what, what kind of advice do you usually give your clients about stuff like this?
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm very fortunate in that people who find me are already at least aware of or interested in plant-based nutrition. Right. Um, right. So, I don't usually have to help people make like a 180. But mm-hmm. a lot of times they're interested or they they want to you know, make some healthy changes and they want to eat more vegetables and and plants and I can help them to do that. So so I haven't had to really have have many of those conversations about what not to, well, we have those conversations but it's more how to do it it's not necessarily what to do right? right but but what i want you know the the problem is is that we all have to become research scientists in order to understand these articles that get published so the yep. first thing i do is i encourage everyone to look at all our articles and entertainment as marketing material because mm-hmm. you know that that's what it is even the tv shows on on you know the even the news these days you know they're all competing for your attention so that they can sell ads,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So they will twist headlines and they will kind of spread messages in a way that supports some kind of agenda. So that happens. Mm-hmm. And some of them are as sincere as what, you know, what we're all doing and just wanting to help people, right? Right. But there, there may be agenda. So I want people to look at things and understand that there's, that you can't just take it as face value. So then that just adds more to the confusion, right? Because then why, right. you know, why would they listen to me when I say eat a plant-based diet? Why versus listening to someone else who tells them to go on a low carb, you know, high protein diet, right? Mm-hmm. So so then the other thing is is when you are looking at information, you have to look at long-term results. Like what has helped people to get healthy and stay healthy for a long period of time? And that's not always the same as the things that help people for short periods of time. So and that that's particularly what I see. And also what, you know, when, when I talk about plant-based nutrition, I talk about something that has the potential to solve, you know, or to help people to reduce the risk factors for many chronic diseases and lose weight and do all of these things at the same time. Like it's not necessarily a, a weight loss specific diet. Right. Versus where when we see people going keto, you know, it, there are some health benefits. You know, we talk about type two diabetics, right? Over right. the short term, they respond very well to a, to a high protein, a low carbohydrate diet. I mean, we know that they're not really addressing the underlying mechanism of diabetes, but they're just controlling the sugars. So it does look good. But when you look out over time, what happens to these people? And, and you know, does then heart disease become a risk? Does the risk of heart disease go up? You know, while the risk of other chronic diseases going down, because we don't really Mm want to trade diseases, we want to help to protect ourselves as we can from other diseases. So, so as far as what what someone's doing, you know, I would find. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. I would say find some kind of um, material, whether it's a book, a website, a blog, a podcast that talks about the power of of plant based nutrition, and then interpret it for yourselves, and then just do what it says. Because, which is exactly what I did with, with Eat to Live, you know, by Dr. Joel Furman. When I bought his book, I just did what it says. You know, millions and millions and millions of people have bought his book, but not everyone did what it says. And that was, that was the difference there. And the other thing is then people will read more and they'll continue reading more information. And then they'll keep changing before they give whatever they're trying a chance to work. So what I mean by that is even if someone goes low carb and then they read about something else, then they start adding some other food, then they start, you know, changing it again and you, and you never know. And what they end up doing is they don't really actually change very much over time because they've, they've made so many zigs and zags that they're, um, they haven't given anything long enough to work. So Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that was kind of a long kind of babbling way, way to say that, you know, pick something that resonates with you and stick with it long enough to get some lasting results.
0: No, I think that's important to point out because people oftentimes don't give it enough time. They're not patient enough. You know, you right. talked about it before, they want results right away, but you have to be patient with the process, but also you have to experience it yourself. You know, yeah. we can talk about it all we want, but unless you do it on your own and you're consistent about it, whether or not it works for you, it's up to you, but you have to stick to the plan. Yeah, right? exactly. So we're running out of time, but I just wanted to, you know, ask you one last question. So let's say someone wants to lose weight and they've been struggling. They can't afford a health coach. I mean, what would you tell these people, you know, apart from what you just said about, you know, picking a plan, sticking to it, like what are other major keys about trying to reach your health goal? So the
1: goal is for everyone is whether they have a coach or not, the best thing you can do is become accountable to yourself because you can't hide from yourself. But mm-hmm. as you're building that accountability, there are so many free resources that will help. So, so mm-hmm. let's say you find your book, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it was Eat to Live, for, you know, for someone else, it might be something else. There are so many fantastic books on, on plant-based nutrition and how to get started, right? right. So you, you find your method, and then make yourself accountable to someone. I mean, a big thing of, of what health coaches do is they help people to stay on their own plan but you can do that and you can do that by finding a buddy. You can do that online through social media. You can do that with a family member, but you have to make sure that you want real accountability. You can also just, you know, post some things publicly and say, Hey, I'm doing this. And I'm going to be doing this for a week and I'm going to check in every day to let you know.
0: Right on social media, like Instagram or Facebook, any of those things. Exactly.
1: Or you can join plenty of free groups. And, um, there are people out there, you know, like, um, I'm thinking Forks Over Knives, you know, has, has, mm-hmm. a, has a big Facebook group. You know, the Engine 2 Diet has a big Facebook group. Uh, right. How Not to Diet, I mean, How Not to die has a big Facebook group. You know, uh, Dr. Greger's group. You know, there are plenty of public groups out there where you can find little niches. Even actually, oh, another fantastic one is the Missing Chins Running Club. You know, this, this is a group <laughs> of, of uh, my friends. The name is just awesome. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> But uh, this is a group of people who have lost you know one to 300 pounds, and they're trying to help other people. And I'm, I'm fortunate to be a member of this group that was started by my friend um, Josh Lajani. But now they've created a public group, or a public page on Facebook so that people mm-hmm. who are looking for tips, and I'll tell you what: when you get a group of 20, 30, you know 50 people together who have all lost I'll just say 100 plus pounds. And kept it off long term, and have really transformed their lives. And I dare you to go to them and tell them an excuse why you had to have that slice of pizza at the party, <laughs> or why you had to have a slice of cake, you know, for for your son's birthday. Because I'll tell you right now, my my son Henry is fourteen years old. This is my youngest, and I've never had a slice of birthday cake for Henry for Henry's party. <laughs> and our birthday cakes are way more healthy than than, than normal. You know what I mean? Like, right. So that it's a fantastic place to go if you need some accountability and some responsibility and it's for free. But then ultimately you have to, you have to get to the point where you want it bad enough that you won't cheat on yourself because people can hide from social media. People can hide from friends. They can hide from family members. And I know even with clients, when I don't hear from them, you know, I know that's when they need me the most. And it's unfortunate that that's, that's natural kind of human instinct is to, is to hide out when things aren't going well, So I would encourage people to get out of their own way with that as well. And when you do need help, make sure you're reaching out and asking people, friends and family, because everyone would like to support people on their journey.
0: Amazing. That was an amazing response. This has been an awesome time with you. Thanks for coming back again. Please come back soon. I just love talking to you. I love your advice. It's just, it's so inspiring and helpful for people out there, you know, wanting to, get past their, their struggles with losing weight and achieving their health goals. So really appreciate your time here.
1: Great. Yeah. You're very welcome. And thanks again for having me. And I wish everyone well, very well. So yes, you can do it. Yeah. Yes, you can do it. You can do it. (laughs) It, If I have to leave with last words, you can do it and it's worth it, you know, figure it out because it's worth it.
0: Exactly. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Okay. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, so how did that one land for you? Anthony Masiello, always inspiring to talk to this guy. I hope our talk will help you realize that no matter where you are along your health journey, that successful long-term weight loss is possible by focusing on the process. That will get you to the results you want. So please let Anthony or myself know how this one was for you on our respective social media platforms, which you can find the links to in our show notes and I'm always interested in improving the show. So if you have any suggestions on topics you want to hear, how we can make the show better, or just to let me know how a specific episode or a guest helped inspire you, email me at drjonar@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. So thankful to have Anthony on the show, and as always, so thankful for you tuning in to hear our talk. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe, like, and review my podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and share it with your family, friends, and online, because sharing this podcast is a great way to show your love to family and friends during this holiday season. Thanks again to the wonderful and smart Amelia Liu, my intern, to Jacob Ferrer for production help, and to Stock Sounds for the music, and lastly to you. Thank you again for listening and making this podcast possible. We have great guests lined up for the new year. So we'll see you then in 2021. Until then, enjoy your holiday in a safe and healthy manner. And remember, your state of health starts with your state of mind. So till next time, enjoy the process, my friends. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice, so please talk to your primary physician for that. In addition, the views and opinions expressed by me are my own and not that of my former, current, or future employer. This also applies to my guests. Finally, we do our best to make every effort to relay correct information. We do not guarantee its
2: accuracy. Thank you for listening.